Welcome to Liberty Life, a podcast that brings together conversations between thought leaders, disruptors, creatives, entrepreneurs and game changers, because we believe good conversation can create positive change. Okay, so I'm really excited. I've been really excited about this podcast actually for the last few weeks. So today we have the mighty Tim Cooper. So the would you describe yourself as a coach, a motivator? Who, what are you? <laughs> uh, well, thanks for having me, first and foremost. Really appreciate being here and having the opportunity to um, share some of what I've got with your audience and uh, yeah. hopefully impact some people today for the better because that's what it's all about. Um, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, I am a coach. Um, I label myself as a high-performance mm. coach. Um, that label transpires into many different areas of, of life, not just performance in business, but performance in personal life. And again, that's like a multitude of different areas. So I would label myself as a coach uh, over and above anything else, a motivational speaker. But I have been held as a motivational speaker before. I do like to motivate people for sure. But, yeah. uh, and that I know you do very well, um, which we'll probably go into a bit later. Um, so I had the privilege of, of reading your book. Um, it's a really, really interesting story. Um, do you want to just sort of take us through? So you, you, you got to a point where, well, as dark as it sounds, that you almost committed suicide, didn't you? Because you'd got to a really low, low, dark point in your life, and your career. Um, can you kind of put that all into a nutshell and tell us how you got out the other side <laughs> oh yeah i'll do my best i mean that's like i mean i wrote a whole book on it so to um yeah. try and condense it <laughs> isn't that isn't that easy but um to cut a very very long story short um yeah i i i found myself in a place where i'd been attaching my happiness to external factors and once those factors started to remove and um, um, you know, apart from my life, I found myself absolutely empty. Um, the the first page of my book, as you know, is the day that I decided to die. So, in true Tim Cooper style, <laughs> I go straight in uh, for the kill, let's say, and um, let, people, let people know what it's all about. Um, yeah. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to make it hard hitting, and I wanted uh, people to know that the Tim that they see today wasn't necessary necessarily the Tim that uh, that was mm. uh, and I think um, everybody's going through some form of mental health battle these days it, you know there's so many different areas of our lives that we could progress on and you know put some more work into but mm. you know to cut an extremely long story <laughs> short, um, I was basically I met, I met this girl Mm. And uh, growing up, I used to look at all these cars, Ferraris, Porsches, and walk past them at school and be like, you know, I'm going to have one of these cars one day. Which and, we all uh, do, don't we? We all yeah, do. It, it's, I mean, especially as a boy, I'm like, do you know what? I have a little bit of a petrol head. My dad always raced cars and stuff. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to have one of these one day. Like, it's just, mm. just going to happen. But I never really thought that it would, uh, if, I was, if I was honest. I come from a very humble beginnings. Um, you know, my mum and dad worked to give me absolutely everything, me and my sister. But there was always this stigma around money, you know, it doesn't grow on trees, we can't afford this, etc. So that was planted into my head from a very young age. And so these things that cost a lot of money, I didn't really um, expect that I would ever be able to have them. And yet when I met this girl, they, they sort of landed on my feet. Um, when I met her, um, it was, it. you know, I didn't know anything about her in terms of the, the financial gains that her and her family had had. I just met her 
um, because um, you know I really fancied her. We got on really well, and it sort of really progressed really fast. We ended up getting engaged, uh, and then we ended up getting married. But there was always this, um, always this bad energy around the dinner table when I was with her family. It's almost as if there was a hierarchy of social um, um, comparison. Let's say I'd come from you know humble beginnings that you know I'm very black and white. Mm. Uh, I'd like to say that I'm quite grounded um, in, in who I am as a person and my mum and dad, as I say, I've had to graph for everything that I've got. On the flip side, there was a lot of, let's say, silver spooning from her side. No fault of her own. She can't help how she's been brought up or exactly. into the world. Yeah. You know? And I, yeah. I truly believe that with everyone, you know, just because somebody's got something does not mean that they have the ability to keep it. And on the flip side to that, just because somebody hasn't got anything doesn't mean they haven't got the ability to go and get it. So I think it all depends on the mindset and the psychology of the person. But, you know, I was constantly being judged around the dinner table for not knowing geographical areas or wines or food that I was eating. And it was like a constant prod, you know, right. at, my so at, at, my, at my status within society and where I'd come from. Mm. And um, that started to, to, to drive a stake in between us, you know, towards the end. We was together like seven years. And... Mm -hmm. um, and it was like a constant battle for me to try and prove that I was good enough um, to, to the family. And that really knocked my confidence, you know, because I was always up against it for seven years. And as confident as I am, um, you know, when you're, when you're in that environment, you're being told on a consistent level that you're not good enough or you don't, you're, you're not really um, up to scratch in terms of where the family sees the, the 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 husband of the girl that you know that's that's or the fairy tale that they that they thought she she would have um, it becomes really tough on your mindset you know it starts to chip away at you wear you down yeah. day by day yeah and, uh, I found that with me and um, so I had multiple different conversations around the family around the sister um, about how they didn't really get on with me like me and I was trying my best to you know try and you know, give her what she needed. But I lost myself, you know, completely in that marriage. I went after the things that were, were material, the watches, the cars, the houses, the flying business club, all, the, all of this stuff that I never yeah. thought that I had. I, when I had it, I loved it so much that I changed Tim for it rather than integrated Tim into it. And, right. um, yeah, and, and, and that, was, that was a huge, huge problem for me. Um, and I remember one day, um we, we i mean we had multiple conversations it wasn't going that well and um one day i said to her look it was it was new year's eve i was like oh where are we going tonight we're gonna come home and um we'll go out somewhere and you know a, a friend was meant to be coming down she said yeah yeah i'm leaving she owned a salon she's like yeah i'm gonna leave in a minute um, um but I've, I've got clients here first i was like yeah no worries anyway rung about two hours later and um they said, oh, no, she'd gone. She went three hours ago. I was like, that's weird because I only spoke to her anyway. So mm. I left my house and um, I, I left to go back to my house, sorry. And as, mm. I, as I went in my house, went up the stairs, opened my bedroom door, and there she was in bed with, with, a, with another guy. So, oh, no. Yeah, so I caught her red-handed. And um, in that moment, I, you know, I've told this story many a time, but in, in, in that moment, I truly believe that was when I become a man because I think the old Tim probably wouldn't be around to tell this story right now. He'd probably be in prison, if I'm honest. And yeah. um, so, so that was the time that I truly grew, grew up in that moment. But that's when it started to really go downhill for me really bad, because all of the stuff that I 
attach so much meaning to started to be yeah. stripped away from me the yeah, car the material yeah, stuff yeah yeah and 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 i got so i got quite a big payout not what not what i deserve but i you know i wanted to just split and have it done with in the end uh, and that money that i did get from that payout um i ended up spending majority of it all on drugs cocaine i did about 70 grand's worth of cocaine in like seven eight months sleeping with prostitutes every night like oh, no. girls. <laughs> it, it was bad i reckon i reckon in that time i must have slept with 150 girls at least felt so hollow and unemotional and that's i was the worst completely part, detached i was completely detached from humanity completely detached from my soul how i've been brought yeah. up um you know yeah. that like my mum brought me up to make sure that things looked all nice, crisp and clean because she really valued the stuff that she's got because she come from nothing herself. And yet I'd look at my kitchen and it would look like, like a bombs hit it. Like, oh. It's just not the way that I was brought up. But there was, um, there was one turning point for me. I remember I waking up, I woke up one morning. Well, I didn't really wake up. I was still like coming round. Oh, and, um, yeah, there, there was there was two girls on the sofa still. There was like phones everywhere. There was a big lump of cocaine on the table, rolled up notes, bank cards, everything. And then I looked to myself. I was like, I've got to get out of here. Got to get out of here. So I kicked the girls out, and then I went to McDonald's to get a McFlurry because uh, I was like, I just got to get, got to get. It's only up the road in the drive-through, and uh, I remember pulling the visor down, and I looked at myself. And I was like, who is, who are you? Like, who is this person that you've become? I didn't even recognize myself. Starble, my car had a lovely, my last car, which was a Mercedes AMG C63, something I'd always wanted. I mean, it looked like somebody like let, up, let off a firework inside. It was a, it was a shamble. There was gear everywhere. But if I get pulled over, like I'd be, and I just looked to myself and I was like, do you know what? It's time. Like, that's it. You've got nothing else to, that's it, Tim. Everything's been yeah. done for you right now. So I put, put down all the windows uh, on the car, drove it down the motorway. Um, oh. And then I was about to go like screaming, crying, like, cause I knew I was gonna, that was it for me. I was gonna go, that was it. I made the decision. And the car was so fast. I knew that I'd be able to do whatever, whenever. So I come off at the roundabout, funny enough, near my mum's. And uh, as I come off that roundabout, I said to myself, right, I'm just going to floor it. And I knew, I knew exactly what wall I was going to go into. So I was like, right, come off the roundabout, put my foot down as fast as I could on the, on the accelerator, got up to about 90 mile an hour. And then all of a sudden, this winter sun just come down and bang, hit me on the visor. And it, it threw me, completely threw me. It wasn't in the plan, you know? And mm. I was like, shit. So I put like natural instincts and I, put my, I took my foot off the accelerator. So I took my foot off the accelerator. And in that moment, I can't really explain what happened, but what I can tell you is it was like this out of body transformational experience yeah. that I've never, I've never experienced in my life. It was like time stood still. You know, like when you're in, you know, when you like fall off something, a bike, or you're in a car accident or something, and everything goes slow motion. Yeah. Well, it was like that, <clears throat> but I had this fast forward visualization moment where I was at my own funeral. And I was being lowered into the ground and everybody around me was there. My mum, dad, sister, friends. And they all said the same thing. Oh, Tim was such a lovely guy. He had great humour. Like He was like, honestly, he was so nice. But he just, do you know what? He just couldn't get over his marriage. It was Claire that killed him in the end. Oh. And that, when that <laughs> happened, like I just, there was a moment 
where I just said, I can't, like, it's not time. It's not yeah. time. I can't go out like this. I can't. And so I ended up driving just past that wall to a bus stop, a little lay-by, I pulled in, and I remember crying my eyes out for about two hours. There were people knocking on the window. You all right, mate? Is everything all right? Can we help you with anything? I was like, no, no, no. It's oh. And so I literally took that car, two minutes drive, turned left after the bus stop to my mum's and um, pulled up, walked in my mum's drive, just about. She opened the door and I fell through it as if everything had been taken out of me. Physically, mentally, emotionally, Mm. I was broken. And something happened in that time though that was really weird. It was something that I'd never really, or or words had never really come out of my mouth. And it was like, mum, do you know what? I've completely destroyed my life and the lives of others around me, but do you know what? I'm gonna bounce back. I'm ready to play the other people that have never, never even seen me before. Yeah, um, isn't it funny? Something as so natural as that morning sunlight, or whatever it was, that sort of hit you, that just cut through all the noise that and that was going through your head. That real spiritual kind of like connection with the world, the universe, whatever. I'm really into all of that. Um, that kind of just stopped you dead in your tracks, really. Yeah, it was, it was a huge, like, whichever way that people want to take it or look at it, um, whether you're spiritual or whether you're not, or whether you've, you know, been in a bad place, mm. what I put it down to is um, it was an intervention. That's what it was. It was a shock intervention. And I do that now with my coaching, funny enough, shock intervention. But this was something that just come organically and natural out of the sunlight, right? And you can call that whatever you want. Um, but for me, it was a, it was a moment that, that without a shadow of a doubt saved my life. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish it was all plain sailing from them, but it wasn't. Yeah. But there was a f- one defining moment that really, and, th- and this is sort of the, um, the, the, the turnaround for me, uh, I was um, literally um, relapsing left, right and centre after that time. I did, it wasn't just like, I'm going to sort my life out and I was fine. You know, it just didn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. But there was this yeah. one time that I was trying to ring round to get more gear and yeah. no one would pick up their phone to me. No one. And uh, I threw the phone at the wall. And as I threw the phone at the wall, I turned around and I saw the TV and I caught it from the corner of my eye and it was this little black boy. He must have been about five years old and he was scooping out dirty water with this like Tupperware container in the favelas in this like little stream. And there was shit and little bits mm. of plastic everywhere. And mm. I was like, bloody hell. And then the cameraman panned and turned to the other side and there was a little girl. She was mm. weeing in it. So he was, he was picking up her urine and like using his drinking yeah. water in that moment. Oh. That was when everything changed for me. I said, yeah. Tim, you know what? You're sitting here in your gated community, right? Thinking everything <laughs> funky dory. You're worried about getting more gear, and these kids have got no opportunity whatsoever. So I rung up. I had about 300 quid left in my account out of all the money that I had. <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands. Like serious money I had. And, yeah. um, and I give it all to that charity in that moment. Oh. And, um, you know, it wasn't as if my problems went away in that at that time it wasn't like i gave that 300 quid up and then i was all like back to normal glory. No. What, what actually happened um it was my i realized that i've been giving my problems too much meaning i realized that that my perspective had to change on life i realized that there was two ways that i could look at life and it was a choice and i could either look at it as if i could bounce back 
or I could look at it as if I was going to drive myself deeper, deeper into the ground. And that was the moment that I decided that I was going to go back and help people in the position that I once was. And that's, and that's what I did. I started to become a coach. I, from then I went on multiple different seminars, workshops, training courses. I got my uh, coaching accreditation with Tony Robbins and then I did, oh, the wow. yeah, then I did the same with, with Brendan Brashard as well. So I invested in myself and I worked on myself at a level that even now today, I don't think that I've capped since that moment because I truly believe that when we find ourselves in a, in a place or back to ourselves or we're backed into a corner, we find a different level of personal development, personal growth. And it's funny what a breakup um, or, or, you know, not feeling worthy of anything can do for your personal development because it's a driving force. And that's what I do now. I help people in exactly the same position as me to find their way out. And I give them the tools, tactics, systems that I use because that's all I know um, yeah. to get them out of those holes in those places. And uh, I end up getting really good transformations with people because, um, you know, I think there's two ways that we learn our experiences and the experiences of others. So I try to collaborate those together to help people, yeah. you know, try and get out of wherever they are. And what a mighty fine job you're doing with our Mariana. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, she's, well, she's extremely coachable. So yeah. extremely, co and, that, and that's another thing, right? It's people want coaching. People say that I'm ready, but saying, walking the talk is totally different. Yeah. Doing the work, doing the work and showing up. Because I truly believe that, you know, the work doesn't start until you don't really want to do it. That's yeah. when it starts. Anyone can just like sail through and do stuff that's comfortable and easy. But when you get resistance, when you get stuck, when you mm. have to dig a little bit deeper, when you have to peel back the layers, that's when the real work starts. And she's great at doing that. So that's why she's going to have, uh, she's going to have the life that she wants. Nice. Um, and, and we're sort of, you know, we're, we're seeing all the, the fruits of your sort of support and labor coming through the business because we've been having a storming last three months. Yeah. And, and I've said to Mariana, you know, I'm, I'm desperate to get in to do more of that with more of your team, with more of the, more of the people. Yeah. And because the yeah. more I can, look, my mission is very, very simple. It's yeah. very simple. Help and impact as many people as you can in the world and yeah. leave a legacy where people said, Tim Cooper helped me get here. That's it. That's all I want. And what a That's beautiful legacy. What an absolute beautiful. So I'm intrigued. So talk me through your routine, your daily rituals. What do you have any sort of specific for oh, minute yeah. get up? <laughs> and I'm sure you yeah. do. Um, I've just finished reading the 5am club. I don't know if you ever do. Oh, Robin like Sharma. That. Yeah, great book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so mindset, so heart set, soul set. Yeah, mine's yeah. He's, he's great what he does, Robin. Lovely stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So talk me through your, what time did your alarm go off? So it used to be, it used to be 4.40, funnily enough, my alarm. It was a oh, really, really okay. early riser. Um, now yeah. it's six. Now it's yeah. six o'clock I get up. Okay. And yeah. one, thing, one thing that I would say for people listening to this, right, because there's always this um, huge conversation around routines and rituals. What, mm -hmm. what people must get and understand is I will have a total different bandwidth compared to a mum of four that's got to get their kids off to school or a mum of two that's an entrepreneur trying to run their own business or somebody that works for somebody else. So yeah. with any routine or any ritual, you've got to find the, the sweet spot. Wow. The, the, I call it the performance bubble, right, that you need to work in. And that is all different and individual and tailored to the person there's no right or wrong answer mm. 
um, and it's what works for you. But what works for me is getting up at six o'clock. The first thing that I do when I get up is like everyone, I get up, I go for a wee, I do my, uh, brush my teeth. Then I, come into, then I come into my kitchen and I have a pint of water because we're fully dehydrated um, when yeah. we're asleep anyway. So I make sure yeah. I, get, I get the water in. Um, from that, instantly go to the journal, something that I've always done. Instantly go to the journal for 20 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. I used to have a series of journal questions. I'm sort of past that now because I've been doing this for five or six years. And also as well, I coach people every single day. So you know, my, my brain um, is set up to free flow and that's when I get, that's when I get my best. The environment in which I journal with, if I can, is normally in my garden because I like yeah. to be around nature. I like to be outside. I like to listen to the birds. I like the sun. In the summer, it's phenomenal. Lovely, isn't it? It's just really, really good time to do. Really good time yeah. to do. And I ask myself as a, you know a series of performance questions when I free flow. You know, one of the things, one of my favourite questions that I even give people now is, you know, what am I getting excited about today? I love that question. You know, because it sets you up for it sets you up for what it is that you're looking forward to, right? Because it's quite easy, isn't it, to you know, think about the stuff that's not going on or not happening in your life. And so when you ask yourself a question like that, it gives you mm -hmm. a, an opportunity to dive straight in. Um, yeah. from, um, from that, from my journal, I normally do some form of personal development, whether that's reading, whether that's watching, whether that's listening. Um, yeah. that, that varies, but that is my that is my block of working just that. And that's a tiny bit. That's for 20 minutes, like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 20 minutes, something like that as well. Um, I used to meditate after that, but I don't do that as much now. I, I do more visualization. So mm. I will start to look at vision boards. I will start to manifest what it is that I want. So for example, I've got multiple vision boards where I will look at, uh, I've got long-term, medium, short-term vision boards. And from those balls, I will start to look at what it is that I want to attract out of that day, what it is that I'm going towards, and most importantly, why? Why mm. am I doing it? And I actually take myself to that place and experience the emotions and how my body would feel if that was actually happening. And that, right. takes, that takes a bit of um, time to get there um, right. because you have to be super focused. But you know, I can tell you in the morning, um, I can tell you the grains of sand that are going through my toes. I can smell the fish coming off the sea. I can hear the wave. Oh. <laughs> I can feel the sun on my back. You know, yeah. I, can, I can see my dogs running about on the beach with a villa in the back. I can, I can see all of that stuff. Um, but that takes a bit of time and takes a bit of practice. But you know what? So does everything. But you've got to yeah. start. The best thing about the start is that you're never there again, you know? So once you start something, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're off. So... Yeah, that's, that's normally my uh, morning routine. I used to put my workouts in, but I don't. My, I do endurance sports now, so um, I, I cycle at a pretty decent level. Um, yeah. Looking to do some races next year. So that's long. It's endurance stuff. It's two, three, four hours. So I make sure that I do that on the days that I don't have coaching now. But over and above that, I will stretch, mobilize, that sort of stuff when I'm not training in the morning. Yeah. Then I'm yeah. ready. Then I take the dogs out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then what's your sort of, how do you end your day? So do you, um, do you sort of have a digital detox at a certain point? Um, yeah, because that's always really quite important, isn't it? How you're ending your day and do you do, you do sort of gratitude or anything like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I treat like gratitude's normally done for me in the morning when I'm, when I'm writing my journal. 
uh, along with affirmations, yeah. um, they naturally come in. I always, I, I will always have a daily mantra, always. Um, they're very unique to me. Like today is get out of my fucking way. I'm coming through. That's my mantra. <laughs> right? And that is that is, and, and so that, that's the sort of mantra that I have. It's like it's not very airy fairy, but it just means that for for me today's about action, and it's mm -hmm. about making sure that whatever comes into in, into my way to try and trip me out, stress me out or mm. turn me backwards, it's not going to stand a chance because I'm, you know, get out of my way. I, tr yeah. I, I truly believe that the evening is more important than the morning. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that because sleep is more important than firing up yeah. because you can always fire up. You can always inspire and motivate yourself in the morning, mm -hmm. but you know what? If you haven't slept well, if your sleeping pattern isn't good, yeah. if you haven't taken that time in the evening. So again, I journal in the evening. I do my evening reflection. And mm -hmm. um, that is just looking back at my day, asking myself again a series of questions. Um, what have I learned today? What could I have done different? What am I going to take into tomorrow? It's going to really help me propel that. Mm -hmm. Did I show my true self, my thoughts, my feelings today? Did I work yeah. on things that mattered most today? Did I connect with people well today? All of this stuff that I'm doing um, and I normally do that about half nine, something like that. I'm in bed by, by about 10, 100% I have a digital detox. Screens yeah. go away from me. I'd love to say an hour, but I'd be full of shit. It's not, it's about 40 <laughs> minutes, something like that, 45 yeah. minutes yeah. um, before, before I go to bed. Uh, phones even not in the room. I uh, don't even put my phone in the room. Um, my body clock wakes me up, bang. And, and also as well, my wife gets up earlier than me anyway. So she's, uh, she's in a great habit of waking me up as, as she gets up anyway. So. I don't really have an alarm or anything like that, but it's so important for us to go to bed with mental clarity. It really, really is because you know, you can, you can go to bed and have screen time before and all the rest of it. But if you're continuing to do that, your, your sleep pattern will, you know, it'll be peaks and troughs. It really yeah. will. So it's super important to do that before you go to bed. Yeah. Because when we sleep, our, uh, the fluid that runs through your spinal cord, um, cord into your brain is essentially rinsing it down and kind of rejuvenating it, ready for the day ahead. So um, it's, it's very important to get your pituitary gland and your CNS, which yeah, is the gland you're talking about, pituitary gland in your head and your central yeah. nervous system, um, to, to de-stress. You know, our yeah. central nervous system is what tightens everything up. You know, and then yeah. it gives us our peripheral tightness as well for our, everything else that we do. And so yeah. it's super important to be relaxed in a state of calm. That's why meditation's great before people yeah. go to bed. And um, one of my favorite apps is Calm. And I don't really use it oh, to meditate seen now. that popping up. Is it good? Yeah. I, well, I use it for bedtime stories. That's what I use it to, for. <laughs> I, actually, because it just drops me. It just like a baby, you know, it's like it's a bedtime yeah. story. But like, whenever, I'm, whenever I have a... Uh, had a bit of a day or a week um i i will then put that on um and make sure i mean i, I normally do it on my wife's phone she's like where's your phone i was like it's in the other room where's yours <laughs> but, um, i normally do it on her phone but yeah if if not i'll uh, yeah i'm not at the stage yet in my relationship where she can uh, tell me a bedtime story yet but we're working, <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it save that for the old people's home yeah um <laughs> <laughs> the orange string yeah <laughs> so anyone that's starting out so um a lot of people that listen to our, our podcasts are musicians producers musical entrepreneurs entrepreneurs 
anyone sort of starting out slowly, slowly, what would you say is the first thing they should do that kind of sets the way for them to perhaps start their new project or what? Because there's so many avenues, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And well, you've gone down your whole... Well, I, I know that myself because I used to have my own record label. I used to produce right. music um, back in sort of 97 to 2003. Um, oh, okay. Was, yeah, and so I know, I know that world very, very well and love yeah. it, by the way. Yeah. Um, one thing that, like, this is like a universal comment um, it works across a multitude of different sectors and it's mm. patience, patience. Yeah. yeah. Everybody thinks that as soon, not everybody, most people, sorry, mm. think that as soon as they've decided something in their head, then that needs to happen tomorrow. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a transition period between you deciding something and then that thing happening. And yeah. so I think that the more patience we adopt, um, the less hasty we are with our decision making and we can mm. start to step away and see things for what it is because when we start to react when we start to go fast we mm. forget stuff that's really important to us and we overlook stuff all of the time and miss stuff um, mm. I think with um, you know the world we live in now you can sort of Amazon Prime your life on most stuff it's either swipe <laughs> here press this do this yeah. save time there oh yeah I need like literally I'm like oh, I need to I need to re-turf my garden I'm like bang fake grass is coming tomorrow I'm like what is just absolute madness uh, yeah. I mean everybody's trading right now if you look at every single app that's winning they're all trading on the same thing time you know mm. Uber Mac yeah. restaurants Amazon all of these yeah. people are trading on time and so you know, it's our big precious commodity isn't it i think yeah it's the most it's the most precious currency and so i think we need to look after it yeah and i think we need to be patient with it and um, mm. we don't get any more time um but what we can do is be super productive and strategic about the time that we do have mm. yeah it's so true it's like when i set up the business it took me about three or four years to actually make it happen you know, so I was still kind of, it was a seed in my head and it took me that long to actually make it happen. So I think- um, There's so many moving parts, isn't there in business? I, I, I think that and it's going back to what you just said, is like, we had this idea and yeah. we're excited about it. We've got all this enthusiasm and yeah. then we put it into practice. We're like, shit, there's actually 20,000 moving parts to this machine that I haven't even thought about right now. But it can't really work the way that I'd love it to work unless these things are in place. And yeah. you can't have A, B, and C until you've got one, two, three in place. Yeah. And so it just takes a little bit of strategy, uh, takes a little bit of planning, uh, yeah. uh, you know, a great vision. But most importantly, you know, the, the people that you're working with are, are, are just ultra creative, right? Mm. They're, they're, yes. You've got creative musicians. But on the, on the other side, when it comes to like, um, when it comes to the production side, these, there's there's a lot of logical based people in this in this industry as well that work within you know Logic, Appleton, Cubase, this sort of stuff that does the back end work of the production. Yeah. And these people aren't as creative, but these are the people that make sure you got all your ducks in a row, right? Exactly. And so and so yeah. the musician brings all the ideas, and then they're just, because I have that in my business, I'm like ideas, ideas, and then I get someone they go, oh, I'll put that in that compartment, Tim. <laughs> Hold that idea, put that in that compartment. Yeah. And so I think it's about. You know, when, whenever, um, whenever you're working on or in any business, uh, make sure that you, you're extremely patient, but also make sure that you're working as a yin and yang. Somebody offers the opposite to what it is that you've got, and then you come together 
because yeah. I truly believe life and business is about collaboration. And the more you work together as a team and bring the best out of each other, the yeah. better the team's going to be, the better the business is going to be and the better the outcomes are going to be. Yeah. And I think that's something we do really well at Liberty. Um, I think we allow people to flourish in their roles. I think hopefully Mary will um, confirm that. And she has have... confirmed that plenty of times. Ah. Yeah, she yeah. has. That's great. <laughs> really good to hear. Okay, so we've got a couple of minutes. One final comment from you, please, Tim. Okay. What, what, um, um, yeah, if, if one takeaway, what can we? Yeah, what can we do right this second? If you, if maybe there's people like you that kind of got reached the brink and they're still up from the night yeah. before, and they're what, what can they do at this very point in time to just make that all change? Very easy. Yeah. Very easy. Get honest with yourself. That's it. Right. Until you get honest with yourself, nothing's going to change. Until you actually sit yourself down and look at your life and look at where you are for what it is, nothing will change. The more you keep brushing things under the carpet, the mm. more that carpet's going to build up over time. And mm. you know what? One day you're going to have to pull that carpet up and underneath it is going to be all of those things that you haven't dealt with. Hence the fact why people get to 30 and 40 and they have these breakdowns, they have these crises. Uh, times in their life because they haven't dealt with the stuff that they know they should have at the time and I know it's tough to do it but you know what if not now then when you know yeah. you've got yeah. to get honest with yourself that is the first first step to true transformation and to getting the life that you want and like there'll be people listening to this saying shit you know what I've been putting that off because mm -hmm. there's a lot of pain in getting honest yeah. with yourself there's a lot of suffering though if you don't Get honest with yourself so you get to choose pain's temporary you know suffering is, is is ongoing if you don't deal with it so my advice to anybody right now that's struggling in life or that just wants to know um you know what else is out there for them you must get honest with yourself that's it yeah thank you thank you i took you, you to a little place there didn't i you did. <laughs> <laughs> i could see the cogs turning i was like She's about to get honest with herself. <laughs> no, I hope not. I feel like I've done that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've look, that behind me, thankfully. Getting honest with yourself is basically yeah. it's, it's yeah. self awareness. That's what it is. And self awareness, there's no destination to it. There's no destination to, to being more self aware. You can't say, "Oh, I've won." Or I've arrived. You know, you can't win at life. It's not. It's, it's not a game. There's no. You don't know when when it's going to be up. And so, what I would mm. say is, you know, ju just work on knowing who you are, what yeah. it is that you value, why you act and react the way that you do, and start yeah. to get under your own skin, right, and yeah. find out more about you. And the better, you, the better, or or the more rather than uh, the more that you do that, the more equipped you're going to be with the challenges that are going to come your way in life because they will yeah. come. Um, it just means that you're going to be a lot, uh, you know, you're going to be a lot more ready for them. Change can be instant. And also, you know, we've all been there where we're kind of wallowing in a, a slight moment of despair. We're having a really dark day or whatever. Because even the best people who do all these amazing rituals, which I do, myself. Uh, we still have shitty days. Same, same. same. <laughs> one thing, one thing, I mean, look, one thing that I say, I've tried to trim that down now. And that's don't have bad days, have bad moments. You know, just try yeah. not to let a moment define your day. Um, yeah. Because once you do that, you're actually surrendering and saying, do you know what? Like, you know, you, one, one thing that uh, somebody said to me a long time ago is like, Tim, how cheap is your happiness? 
I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, if, you know, if I was to take this away from you right now, this one thing, how would you feel? And if it made me feel unhappy, then your happiness would be very, very cheap. You know, mm. so it's about building up that happiness part, fulfillment yeah. part, making sure that, you know what, understand, and understanding, sorry, that things will come in to challenge you. And yeah. you know, things will momentarily trip you up or hurt you, right? But at the end of the day, you can't let them define your whole day. You can't let them define your whole day. Because you do, if you do, it's a, it's, it's a slippery slope. And just like you said, like if anybody on here that's listening to this wants to change, like you just said, change can be imminent. It can happen fast, right? It takes a millisecond to decide to, ch uh, uh, to change. But yeah. it, it can take years to actually go and do it. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what people do. They wallow in the, how do I change? Yeah. Just taking action. And that's something that I obviously work the opposite with. I just go in head first and be like, right, let's change. And then I try and right. figure it out the way through. Brilliant. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah. Okay. So my address is not really. Uh, so they can, uh, <laughs> they can, you can all come around. I have great parties. Zoom parties <laughs> at the minute. Um, Sober so, parties. So, yeah, Zoom parties. So we can get on the decks. Um, so no. Uh, best way to get hold of me is you can get in contact with me um, with, through my Instagram, which is the Tim Cooper Academy. Mm -hmm. um, you can also go to my website, which is timcooperacademy.com. Yeah. Um, and they're probably the best ways to get hold of me. If you want to contact me direct, you can contact me at tim at timcooperacademy.com. Uh, if you're interested in any of the things that I do, my programs that I run, my academy that I do, um, you can always reach out to me and I can send people details on that. I've got a great team behind me. Um, Amazing. Really, really help with that. So yeah, that's how you can get hold of me. If you need anything, reach out. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Liberty Music PR's podcast with myself, the co-founder, Beardamic. For more information about any of the topics mentioned in this episode, please reach out to me personally or via any of our social media channels at Liberty Music PR. Liberty Music PR is a global agency offering independent playlisting, distribution, creative partnerships and digital publicity. If you're interested in working with us to create your music, feel free to get in touch today.